Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal, and I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my Melting Pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi listeners, welcome back to another Melting Pot episode. As you probably know, if you are not a first-time listener, that it is my attempt through Melting Pot to connect with inspirational guests whose personal journey to get to where they are now is through their stories. Today I'm in conversation with Amanda. Amanda is an art therapist who has started a non-profit, if I'm not mistaken, called Art for Good. But that's not where Amanda started her journey. She was in advertising and then she decided to set up her own branding and design agency and then went on to become an art therapist. So thank you so much, Amanda, for being able to talk to me today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And I'm sure my listeners are as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yes, I'm Amanda. I'm an art therapist. So I also set up this organization called Art for Good. So Art for Good is actually a social enterprise. So sometimes people might think uh, it is for not for profit, but it can be for profit because um, a social enterprise is a business which does good and has a social um, message. Uh, social is able to do social change. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it... Sorry, so yeah, I stand so corrected. It can be profitable. <laughs> okay. It can also be non-profit. It depends how the company kind of want to take it, how, how the company wants to kind of redirect it or take it. So uh, that is a little bit of a misconception for social enterprises, but uh, it is not wrong if sometimes people think it is non-profit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Amanda, so, you know, going back to what... I mentioned earlier, yes. you start. You are Singaporean, yes, that's right. um, and you started your career in advertising. So yes. that I guess is the traditional. You may have. I'm not sure. You know what your educational background is. Yes. 
did you study advertise uh, media or yes actually I did so I think uh, especially for Singaporeans um, you kind of need a practical kind of job so you can't really be a fine art artist without kind of uh, income so when I did decide to kind of go to the art route I decided to become a graphic designer so that's actually how I started off uh, I was very interested in arts but I needed something that oh, my parents wanted me to do something that was a little bit more uh, traditional or substantial or something that could tie back to a job instead of a full-time artist so I started with uh, doing some graphic design work uh, I graduated in a diploma in uh, visual communications which is basically graphic design uh, then I worked as a graphic designer for a few years. Then I went on to taking a degree in RMIT in advertising. Okay. And that's where I actually came back to, to work with different advertising firms and to do more of the corporate uh, kind of uh, portfolio of art. Okay. Yeah. And then um, what kind of prompted you to set up your own branding and design agency? Well, I think it's also a quality of life because when you are an agency, in an agency uh, kind of field, uh, you work really long hours. Uh, you go in, you don't, you, you see the sun, you come out, you see the moon. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that kind yeah. of really long hours, um, very taxing, very demanding uh, in terms of the people from the agency, the people from your cl- the clients the agency serves. So it becomes. Um, a very stressful kind of environment and kind of a job to kind of have for a long period of time. So when I did want to set up my own agency, I wanted to kind of set my own rules to have a little bit more work-life balance, to be able to do a little bit of maybe charity work, help charities with some of their designs. So that's actually where I came out to doing a bit of the boutique agency. Um, it was called O Factor. O Factor. Yeah. Okay. What's the O Factor? Why O Factor? It's the, kind of the element of surprise that when you look at a yeah. design, you kind of want it to kind of pop at you, feel kind of special. Right. So was it O H? O H. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I did that for almost ten years. I also did quite a lot of different uh, charity kind of projects as well. And I guess uh, my heart, my passion was kind of leaning towards doing that kind of work, helping people, doing meaningful projects. So after about 10 to 12 years, I kind of decided to shift directions to wanting to help people more directly using art. And that's actually where I kind of decided to do art therapy. But it was also friends from the charity sector, the counsellors that actually work directly with uh, the children one of them, a very good friend, her name was Siti, she actually says, why don't you do like art therapy or something like that? And then that's actually where I went uh, to kind of look at what art therapy was about and see whether that was something that I could do or something that I wanted to do. Uh, a part of me was always uh, very interested in the psychology aspects of things. So the blend of art and psychology and using that to help people kind of fit right into my alley into in terms of who I am, what I wanted in life, and what I could be passionate about. So that kind of all all the pieces fit. So that's actually when I decided to take up the course uh, and and kind of stop doing what I was doing and pursue something else. Okay, so um, it seems to be, you know, like a very 
natural progression from an advertising to doing something on your own, again, related to the visual arts, but uh, at the same time, you know, giving you like a steady income to then getting to a point where you felt that, okay, uh, I'm ready, you know, and I'm ready to give back, not just every now and then when I'm able to, but I'm ready to give back long term, right? So yeah, that's interesting. So tell my listeners and me about art therapy. I mean, whom do you reach out to? Is it just children? Is it adults as well? Is it people who, I mean, what kind of uh, segment of people help get impacted through art therapy? Okay, so uh, in other words, uh, what is art therapy and who does art therapy benefit? That's correct, yes. So art therapy is art and psychology combined together. So it can be a very clinical approach as well. It's just that we have um, art as a vessel or medium or as a bridge to kind of facilitate the psychological processes. So it can be very clinical. It can also be towards well-being where the individual requires some kind of boost or to kind of uh, look for some direction and they use art to kind of figure that out. And also art then becomes a form of communication where sometimes difficult experiences and traumas uh, are not able to be articulated with words. So that's actually where art comes in as a form so of expression, expression. Right. a form yeah. of communication to yeah. kind of uh, release all the emotions and feelings that are stuck within you and together with art therapists they help you process that so I mean you have a lot of different artists who create you know um, very deep works that kind of talk about very, that evoke very deep feelings they have kind of gone through that process on their own but not everyone is able to kind of work through those difficult feelings and processes uh, and, and produce masterpieces so sometimes it's really not about the end product, the masterpiece, but the process of getting there. So art therapy is more of a process kind of therapy rather than an end product kind of result-driven product. So art therapy actually works well with children because children have very natural inclination to drawing, to art, creating... Uh, adults tend to kind of take one step back, hold back, but it does not mean it will not work for adults. It's just that for children, it's a very natural kind of voice or very natural kind of uh, process for them. So right. they can just dive straight into it and start to, to create things and talk about things. Also for old people, especially for um, those with dementia, uh, memory loss, uh, art therapy becomes very good for them because they can build memory-related projects. Like they can do montages, they can do collages, and it helps them remember things, it helps them uh, be present as well as working towards their well-being. Because sometimes at that age, um, not much can be done. It's just a matter of being happy and living out the rest of your days, you know, being happy. Yeah. So the type of wellness. Yeah, so it does... Yeah, for the older people, it mm-hmm. like you said, it gives a sense of purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and for the young um, children, it um, helps 
them just free flow of expression. Flow, yeah. Right. There's a little right. bit of a play element as well. Right. The art materials, you play with colors, you play with shapes, you know, and you start to create things that look visually very appealing. So then there is that uh, immediate draw for the children to kind of want to create and make art. So what kind of art medium do you work with? Is it paints or is it also, you know, uh, paper or pottery? You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Pyle, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. So each art therapist is like an artist, so they will specialize in different types of mediums and media that they are most comfortable working with. Right. Uh, but most importantly is that the intervention, the art mediums are built around the client. That means whether it's an old person, whether it's a young person, whether it's a young adult, adolescent, or somebody that's disabled. So sometimes if you want to work with clay, but the person has a disability, obviously you can't. can't. Yeah. We can't yeah. use yeah. clay. Yeah. But maybe we can do paints or finger paints, something that kind of aids them along to creating the art despite of their disabilities or limitations. Is there resistance? From, um, you know, the people who you mentioned, you know, people who may have dementia or are very, very old, is there, does it come to them, like, do you have to coax them into doing it or does it come to them naturally? So everyone's different and everyone's um, view on art is so different. Like some old people think art is for young kids they kind of not want to engage. Sometimes it's about being patient with them, about you know gently guiding them through the process. It could also be sitting with them and drawing with them. There's also this thing called the third hand, where let's say they have a disability or the hands are shaky and they want to create something, uh, or the kids want to create something, but they don't have the ability to. So they will, the therapist will talk through the process with the client and actually help them make it. So they create what they want in their minds uh, through the therapist. So it's called the third hand. So the therapist becomes the third hand that helps them make that creation. So uh, yeah, so they can imagine and it can materialize through the art therapist. Mm, interesting. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. It, I think you must feel it must be very fulfilling for you, right? Yes, to, most definitely. This is your calling, clearly. Yeah. Wow. And how long have you been doing this for? So, um, maybe about six to seven years. Okay. So that's been a while. Okay. But uh, Art for Good was only set up about two years ago. Okay. So the purpose for Art for Good uh, is actually to create some kind of platform to be able to connect people, uh, do more of this work, rather than just me, one person as an art therapist, uh, working one-on-one with no few beneficiaries. Now we can actually go wider, do different types of projects. We can do community projects, raise awareness, get more people involved. And it's really about using art as a form of well-being. Right. So that's, that's So how many therapists do you have working with you now? We have about three therapists. Okay. Okay. Um, so we are able to take bigger projects. Um, there is a youth project that... Uh, 
they are talking to us about is about how all these youth, uh, there's a very high suicide rate, and they're looking for different types of therapies to kind of help them through this process. So we are one of the people that they're kind of talking to to kind of explore art therapy to see whether it's beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, can benefit from, yeah. from this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, wow, wow. Yeah, so I mean, there's so much that goes into it and there's so much that you can, um, you can do. Yeah, uh, and right. there's so many benefits you know, through art therapy, which, yeah. Is it um, something which is, I think popular is the right word to use, but is it something which is uh, commonly seen in Singapore? Well, uh, art therapy is still relatively niche. Okay. But uh, there is uh, growing awareness and growing interest. Like many new things, um, especially in Singapore, it will take time to grow. So there is uh, growth, there is that potential. And there are some developments that there are some more prominent art therapists that help push and lead the way as well to be able to give that awareness and the exposure, much needed exposure. And would you work together as art, as I mean, different art therapists? Do you combine your resources? Do you combine your thought process? Um, and your abilities to come together and maybe help a community of people that need it? Or do you still work independently? I think most art therapists, they kind of work independently. Okay. It depends on the different interpersonal relationships that they have with each other. Right. Uh, and expertise as well, which they can build upon. Um, like there's some that uh, work better with seniors, there's some that have a preference for children, there's some that are really good at painting, there's some that are really good at clay. So it really depends what and where that project kind of evolves to be able to do that collaboration. Have your parents now reconciled to the fact that you're no longer a career woman, but you're more of a, you know, someone who's looking at changing lives and, you know, working in a social enterprise environment? I think parents, uh, or my parents, especially of that generation, they still kind of believe in the full-time job, the, you know, going to work for somebody, the corporates. So even uh, through this transition, it was, there was still a bit of a teething phase. They were saying, why don't you go work for other people? Why don't you go to this hospital? Why don't you go there? And um, I was saying, no, I think I'm comfortable kind of building this up on my own and kind of creating a social enterprise and you know managing this on my own so it did take uh, some time for them to kind of you know accept it and kind of let me be but I guess it's always going to be at the back of the head is she making enough money can she feed herself and also there was one point of time I think my dad was thinking I wasn't making enough money so he was like going do you have enough money I can transfer money to your bank account <laughs> and I was like no no I'm fine I'm okay you know, everything is like under control yeah so I mean we do get uh, paid for what we do yeah um, and of course we get paid per hour um, and we get paid more than our teacher right so yeah I think pay-wise, we can be pretty comfortable as long as we have enough clients to kind of sustain what we do as well. Right, right. And I think if you also, you know, get involved with, because I know that the Singapore government also gives grants, Mm -hmm. you know, for projects where they feel that the community will benefit. So, 
Yeah, so there's, there is a lot of potential, without doubt. I mean, I've done some through my other... I have a non-profit as well, and I have done community work, you know, and so I, so I understand that. Uh, I have a non-profit, not a social enterprise. Now I think I need to clarify that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Um, and I think in today's... Um, environment the global environment in fact um, you know there's so much relevance given especially I feel that the millennials um, you know that that generation is just wanting to go and change the world you know mm-hmm. and yeah. are using their talent um, and their ability and their uh, communication skills to be able to make breakthroughs, you know. So yeah. I think I think it's and any time is a good time. I feel, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I mean, good luck with what uh, you have set yourself out to do and the vision that you have. And I'm sure you will succeed. Yes, thank you so much. So Amanda, I just wanted to ask you, um, how do you start? the art therapy process? What goes into it? So we usually engage them by showing them a lot of art materials. Um, there are actually two approaches of how we um, engage the clients. So one is that we give them a blank piece of paper where it's called free association. They kind of draw anything that they want. Um, sometimes if they're stuck, they don't know how to start or where to start, then we give them a bit of directives. So directive could be uh, draw a person picking an apple from a tree, uh, draw a self-portrait. So this kind of uh, is a little bit of a filler for the clients who do not know what to create. So the free association part is actually the most powerful part because they get to create anything that comes to mind. And the first thing that comes to mind is the best way of tapping into different feelings and emotions that are fresh from the mind. So that would actually be the best approach to kind of creating and talking about art. So that will be the best approach to engaging with art in an art therapy session. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And so that's and and then I guess that's what gives you as an art therapist some insight into um, the clients, the character, the yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Wow. I hope you enjoyed this chat as much as I did. Okay, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Thank you so much, Amanda. Amanda's so soft-spoken and clearly has a gift as an artist, and also it's her calling. I think it's so amazing how she decided to make that her life mission to use art as a therapy to help children and adults alike. It was such a lovely chat and I hope you enjoyed listening to it as well. I'm so excited to bring you yet another episode of Melting Pot. So stay tuned with me, Pyle. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 